Getting sober requires a lot more than mind over matter, a lot more than willpower. It's about leveraging the support around you. People in recovery typically need a mix of medical help, emotional support, and changes in lifestyle to manage their addiction, not just mental determination. As both a therapist and someone embracing the recovery lifestyle, there's one tool I always recommend to people needing extra accountability, Soberlink. Soberlink is a high-tech breath analyzer system designed to help you get and stay sober. And here's why I love it. You'll test the same day every day, eliminating testing anxiety. Friends and family receive instant test results, helping you rebuild trust and preventing relapse. Accountability is a part of that, and it's something to really be embraced. Devices have built-in facial recognition, so your support circle knows you're testing, and tamper-resistant sensors flag any attempts at trying to beat the system, so your sobriety is never questioned. So let 2024 be your best year yet. Visit Soberlink.com forward slash T-A-M to sign up and receive $50 off your device. That's Soberlink.com forward slash T-A-M. And let accountability be your guide. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey, well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Addicted Mind podcast. My name is Dwayne Osterlin. I'm your host. Our guest today is Halima Anderson. She is going to come on and share her story about being a HSP, which is a highly sensitive person, and how that impacted her in her life and how that led to her own struggle with alcohol and her story of being able to get away from that, also being able to exit an abusive relationship. Halima feels a strong desire to spread the word about her own story and how that may be able to help somebody out there who's struggling as a highly sensitive person. She talks about how she was so afraid to tell anyone for various reasons that she was not doing okay, but finally reaching out to someone who could understand. This is Halima's story of becoming her true self and how that enlightened her to her circumstance and her situation and how now she feels so in love with all parts of who she is. She says it's exhilarating and really feels compelled to spread the joy, the laughter, and the love in her heart, soul, and her present being. So I hope you get inspired by this episode. And if you're inspired by the Addicted Mind podcast, please leave a review for us on iTunes. That really does help the podcast get found. I do read them. They mean a lot to me. Thank you all for doing that. I just really appreciate it. And don't forget, you can follow us on Instagram at Addicted Mind Podcast. So check that out as well. All right, stay tuned for this episode. All right, everyone, welcome to the Addicted Mind Podcast. Today, my guest is Halima Anderson, and I think she has an amazing story to share. We were just talking to before we were recording about it and what we wanted to talk about and how this interview would go. So I'm just going to jump in, Halima, and have you introduce yourself and just we'll just start there and, and we'll go from that. 
Okay. Hello, everyone, and thanks, Dwayne, for having me on your podcast. I'm Halima, and I'm here today to, you know, share some things about my story because yeah. I want I want to I want to help, and I'm a person who is changed her, her relationship uh, dramatically <laughs> with alcohol, and through that uh, gaining that clarity, so many things, so many other things surfaced in my life that I had to deal with. Yeah. And, you know, navigating my way through that, I like to share some of those tools. You know, yeah. I like to share the experience. So, you know. So tell me a little bit just about your story with alcohol and how it kind of came into your life and some of the reasons maybe you were using alcohol to, to cope. Okay. Yeah. Alcohol came into my life once I hit college. And then it kind of materialized into, you know, I was uh, the type of work I was doing in the restaurant industry. It's very common to yeah. <laughs> drink a lot. And, you know, and as things were happening in my life, as I was developing and growing up, becoming an adult, I continued to just drink socially. And but while I was drinking, life was happening. And right. I was slowly moving into a place where I was using alcohol and that social environment to uh, cope with, you know, things that happen in life. And then it just kind of became the norm that that's what you do and you're, you're with groups of people and, you know, your activities kind of begin to hinge on where the drinks, you know, right. are we going to be drinking? And you start to notice that there's a lot of activities that you're showing up for and there, there's there's nothing you're showing up for that, that there's no drinking. Even if there's a hike, it's like, okay, we're going for drinks after <laughs> the know? hike. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It starts to so, like kind of creep into your life in all these different aspects. And, and yeah, you kind of wake up to and go, wait a minute. Like, yeah. you know, Before you know what you're what's going, going on here. Yeah, yeah. You're going with it. And then I moved uh, overseas for, for about five years and I was even more isolated because it was a different cultural experience. And so the Westerners, you know, we drink. So right. right. Where, where did you move? Where, where was, were you? I was living in Dubai. And, Dubai, yeah. Uh-huh, Very different. For five years. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and moving through all of the Middle East because my work required that I travel throughout the Middle East. And so, you know, it's like, okay. Not much else to do when you're not traveling or working. So you, yeah. you know, so it really kind of ramped up during those years, I'd say. And as I stated before, life was still happening. And so I was coping and, you know, little, I would have times in my life where OCD, it would, it would kick off. And I wasn't, mm-hmm. I wasn't in my version, my, it, it's about, now I know this. When I am in stressful situations, heightened emotions, it really. But when you don't know that and you're masking it, you're using, you know, you're constantly in a fog with the alcohol. OK, yeah. even when you're not drinking, it's it's there. It's just there. It's your friend at that point in time in your life. And when you have more stress, you go to these these oh, coping yeah. mechanisms to, yes. to just kind of quell it, to just silence it to calm it down because you don't have the skills Mm -hmm. to do it any other way and you don't even have the awareness like you don't know what's going on and that part makes it is scary 
And so that makes you uh, act out even more because you really don't understand what is happening. All you know is you're trying to be your best. You're listening to voices in your head about what you're supposed to do. And you're utilizing those tools to kind of um, to get through it. And when you're doing amazing things or fun things or you're actually excelling, you tell yourself, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm okay. <laughs> because, right. look, I'm doing this. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm making all these amazing strides and meeting milestones and doing this. So I must be okay. Can't be that bad. And then living alone, who's there to really check or check and tell you? And I'm 3,000 miles away from, right. you know what I mean? So, and everybody was doing it even more. It was Disneyland. <laughs> yeah. It seriously was. And so I came back home to the States and I thought, hey, the traveling part of me is gone as if that's possible. But you tell yourself these things of what you're supposed to do. And so I came home and I thought, I'm back in America. Uh, I'm going to find myself a husband because that's what you're that's what to you're do. supposed to do. Right. That's this is the do. next step. This is right. the next step. I've gotten all that out of my system. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Little you know, did you know. <laughs> <laughs> but you, like, who told me that? And why do I think that? Because that is so a part of me. I, I would never dream of letting that go. That curious person that loves life experiences and, and all of that. Like, how does that go away? Well, it did. <laughs> for, uh -huh. It did for 10 solid years. And as a result of not being myself, not truly embracing that that was me and that I could still do other things with without maybe being married or following the traditional way of doing things the way my mother did it or the way my sisters did it you know I, I always felt kind of odd, odd the odd person out so I, I but I thought I was supposed to do that I'm just doing it later in life so really like listening to yourself like learning to listen oh. to yourself and learning to listen to your own voice and find your own direction, which a lot of times you're right. We, we do what everybody else wants or what society is mm -hmm. telling us. And we're not really being true to ourselves at a certain level. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I think that leads to more distress and more pain and more suffering. You know, we get, we get stuck there. So I can totally understand that. One question I had too, is that you identify yourself as a highly sensitive person. So I want to know like what you mean by that and how that kind of works with this whole situation. Okay. So currently I feel, and, 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 and with all of these things that have happened in my life, I really trust myself. I believe that me being a highly sensitive, a high sensory individual attributed to that started way before any of this, every, anything else. Mm -hmm. did. That's who I was as a kid. And Looking back now, I know that this the, the world was a different place for me. I internalize things differently. I feel differently. I, 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 I feel emotions so deeply. And it's harder for me to recover from certain things if I don't prepare myself. But here we go again. You go back. You, 
back then nobody it wasn't it wasn't as prevalent as it is now you know parents yeah. didn't know that this was a trait they didn't know so so what do you do with a highly sensitive kid you encourage them to be more like everybody else or you, you know so mm-hmm. so so when you look at all of these pieces Dwayne I feel that that HSP bit is the thing <laughs> That right, you had to numb that, that out. All of this, I had to numb. I had to numb the world, and 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 going and, and really realizing that that was something that wasn't made up, something that I really feel, something that when I realized it, Dwayne, it, it changed everything for me. It, I mean, it changed everything. I was able to be gentle with myself kind. I started to really trust myself because, you know, things would happen and I would say, oh no, everybody, that happens to everybody or that's everybody's experience or, you know, I just blew it off and amazing and extraordinary things I would perceive and have these perceptions and I just blew it off. And so finding out that that's who I am, that's a part of me, it really, I mean, I, it was traumatic. I, I got to. I had to go back and look at myself as a kid and and, and say I was mad. First of all, that nobody knew. Like how could you right. not see? <laughs> you're mad, and then you're 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 excited, and then you're you're sad, and then you realize I got a lot. I got to reframe this thing. I got to. I, I, I have an opportunity to reframe this, and then now yeah. I've got to find out about it. Yeah, and and you you bring up a really important point that I think a lot of people might miss is that everybody feels their emotions differently. And some people do actually feel their emotions, emotions physically differently. They feel them very, very intensely. And if you feel them that intensely, it's harder to manage them. It's harder not to take action on them. And so everybody assumes the way I experience emotions is the way that person over there experiences emotions. And it's just not true. And then different emotions change that too. So some people will be highly sensitive to this emotion and not necessarily sensitive to that emotion. It just really shows how like different we all are and how we experience the world differently. And if, and like you said, I think, you know, you're a kid, you're having these intense emotions and not, you know, your parents not knowing. I mean, people didn't know, didn't have the insight, like you said, saying, just be like everybody else. Just, you should be over there. Like, why are you not like, why aren't you, you know, and it's not, I think parents trying to be parents, but, but then internally, (laughs) and then internally though, it, it, you know, it's destroying, it's destroying that, that little person. And then you don't trust your feelings. And when you don't trust your feelings, people can do things to you. You, yes. or, or, and, and, and your situations, you respond to them differently. And if you're constantly blaming yourself or questioning yourself, it's difficult to really, to just be sure about the decisions that you're even making. But when you embrace it and you figure out where you fit in this, it is so empowering. I mean, and it's emotional, but it is, it's finally really realizing who you are and coming into that and really being proud of it because there are things that you pick up on that nobody else does. And now there's an explanation. Now it makes sense. Sometimes we just need to know what, what to call it or, or that there are others like us. 
or that, yeah. you know, and, and being around other highly sensitive people, the conversations are different. Like you don't have to over explain or you don't have to like, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's like you can f- find your group, your tribe that you can say, yeah. you know what, we all relate together. I mm-hmm. get it. I get what you're going through. And I think that's such a powerful experience when we find other people who match us in a certain way. And then you're like, oh, my gosh, I am not alone in this the way I am. There are other people just like me who struggle with in the same way I do. Other people like me on the inside. Yeah. You see me yeah. on the inside because, yep. you know, I know how it feels to be around other people of my race or people right. who have similar um, life experiences. But to be around somebody who feels like what you feel on the inside and up here is just, it's just, it's sweet. It is sweet. It's, it's I really, mean, that's why I, really I think <laughs> it is. And that's why, like, I'm always encouraging people to, like, if you're suffering in some way, reach out for help. Because when you find the people that resonate with you, you're going to find relief. You're going to find a way out. You're going to find skills that they've had to learn that yes. they can give you and you can yes. give them. And you yes. can do that back and forth. And then everybody lifts everybody up that's kind of the way everybody i see it but of it. everybody gets a little piece of it and they just don't feel because that guy that person that's uh just figuring this out and then me where i am right now no i, I won't i don't have to be the know-it-all but i can certainly empathize and i can say hey listen it, it will it will get better it will when you figure it out yeah. and when you do the work and when you learn just just find out because we're all different too within this you know Mm -hmm. and so just because you might not tick you know all the boxes doesn't mean that that's not your experience you and and i also found this out Dwayne, that once i knew what this trait was about and i looked at the 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 self-test the questions that they have i i know that i experienced those differently and would answer them differently than maybe I would have in the beginning, knowing what I know now. Right. So don't write yourself off initially when you take that test because you're feeling that you're drawn to that for a reason. Yeah. You're on that page for a reason and you're seeking out others for a reason. So don't discount that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and yeah, search, search for the answers. Don't give up. So one of the other topics we talked about too, and I think we both agree that this is a really important topic, is being in an abusive relationship and being able to step out of an abusive relationship. You know, as we were saying before we started recording, it's so hard when when someone is in an abusive relationship to maybe see the abuse first. And then, you know, especially if it's psychological and emotional and all that. It's very hard to see that. And then for them to be able to find their power to be able to step back or step away or get out of that relationship. So I really want to hear your story on that part as well. Yeah, I would say that that HSP really kicked in (laughs) because in that our personalities, uh, we tend to make sure that everybody else's needs are met four hours hour we we put ourselves on the back burner and I did not know what the true meaning of 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 marriage was okay I didn't I just thought this is what I'm supposed to do because remember I'm coming back and I'm in it so 
I took on way more than I should have. I felt more than I should have. I felt that it was all on me to make it right. It was my responsibility to make this person happy. And in all of that, the person was abusing me emotionally, psychologically. And I kept up because I wasn't sure, wasn't trusting myself, feeling so deeply. I just zoned out and the drinking went way up. The OCD was way up, but I wasn't understanding any of this, but I knew that it wasn't safe. And so all I knew that I could do was to work on myself so that I could continue to see and make myself aware so that I could get out of this. And when, and it took time. Yeah. So you knew something was wrong. You knew like this, because you said safety and... You're... I knew from the day one. I knew. I knew from the beginning, Dwayne. But I, but not trusting yourself and 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 knowing for and for so long having being told you're different or you're you you don't trust everything. You're listening to the voices, and so I thought it was me. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Your your intuition is is. I was ignoring. It. Yeah, you you can't trust it. If you can't trust your mm-hmm. intuition, your gut, you start making decisions based on external factors. Other people's telling you what to do, other things, and and then you don't listen to your own your own wants and needs. But a lot of people don't realize that. I mean, it's really hard to it's hard to do that anyway, especially if we have trauma in our own background. Yeah, it's hard to do it. But people um, would never have thought it would be me. (laughs) Right? Would never have thought that I would have been in that type of situation. You understand? So I had the fear of telling anybody either the embarrassment. And then why would they, they're not going to believe me. I'm a strong person. I'm this, I'm that, you know? And so that kept me stuck. And so I just kept the drinking, you know, that, that, that was quieting the voices for, you know, short periods of time. Yeah. And so, you know, and but I remember the day that I realized I was in the shower and I realized it was just, that that was happening to me, that I had been controlled, that I had been gaslighted through, and that, and, and I thought, absolutely not. This can't be. And then I just fell to my knees I, because I realized, I said, oh my God. And from that point on, I started listening to myself and things just started to go up. They started to just happen. I mean, things fell in place with everything for me to get out of that situation to where I am today. I mean, talk about the gods and the guides and the spirits. They were there because I was listening. I was, I was listening. It was like a, a, like a, almost like a spiritual experience in a way where you had the, all of a sudden that perspective is shifted and you kind of wake up and go, Oh my gosh, here I am. This is not what I thought it was or not what I was telling myself. I see it for what it is. And now I've got to do something about it. And now I got to do something about it. And I remember I had a session with my therapist the following day. And I remember saying to her, I got to get out of here. And she said, what, get out of, get out of that room? Or I said, no, get out of here. I got to get out of this marriage. All of this, I got to go. (laughs) And it was just like, woo. And I I haven't stopped since. And so, and now, and now I look, I I trust myself. I know where I'm going. I found the purpose. Everything that I was looking for my whole life came to fruition. I saw it clearly 
and I embraced it. And so how did you start to get support for that? Like, because you were saying therapy, mm-hmm. uh, you know, therapy helps us get insight too. Yeah. And so you had that kind of set up uh, and yeah. then, and then this moment happened. Yeah. Okay. So I had been through this, this was, this was not an easy process. So first I, I think it was, uh, I remember just uh, sometime in uh, December 5th, I decided no more drinking. And so I thought I might need some support with that. And so I went to my doctor, my primary, and I, I, I came clean. I said, I think I drink too much and I need your help. Wow. And she said, okay. She said, Halima, I got you. So she said, when you leave here, you call Colin. Colin had been my therapist on and off. She said, when you leave here, you call her. And I called her. Colin got back to me. We started sessions on a weekly basis, she looked at three centers for me. She said, maybe you can do some sort of outpatient thing. I looked at them, followed my intuition, saw the right one. I did an outpatient, um, outpatient right. therapy. Yeah, outpatient. And, yeah. yeah, so th- three three days a week, three hours a night. I had, it was a group, and we were meeting online. Through And through that, it was a, a, a three-month uh, program. And through that, there was just so much counseling. We had peer-to-peer counseling. We had one-on-one. We talked to a family therapist, and then I had Colin, and then I had my doctor, <laughs> my primary, Jen, and they were just like, I, you know, bam, here we go. And I just, I, I knew that this was the way for me, just talking about it, working through my issues, highlighting those things that were, you know, you got to do some work. And I realized you know, I didn't, after after I talk about it and 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 work through it through therapy and support, I I could care less about drinking. I could care less about it. I am around it. I don't have a problem. Like it because it wasn't the booze. That's yeah. how I know. For me, it was not the booze that was the symptom. It was my HSP. It was it and it was it. That's why I, I feel like that was the root of it. You know, yeah, really, that makes that, sense. That was the root of it for me. Everybody's and you and you were able to get to that root. But also what I see too is that and for a lot of people when they want to make this kind of change and stuff, it's about jumping in with both feet. It's you just jump in the pool and you start swimming. Yep. And I think that's that sounds like what you did. You kind of had this right. moment mm-hmm. and you're like, I have I have a problem with alcohol. I don't know what it is. And I'm jumping in to fix it. And then out of that comes all of this. You know, I I think a lot of times when people hear stories, they think like somehow you just had this experience and everything changed, but it's not, it's, it's work. It's It's hard work. And heartache. I mean, my heart is broken because I'm sitting there in a place with a person that I wanted every, I, I didn't imagine this to happen and and now to realize that someone had been treating me so poorly and you just realize all of that so it, it, you got to yeah. work through it so that you don't go back there you you don't ever want to put yourself in, in 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 that place where you feel that way or someone makes you feel that way because you're not sure about who you are and and yeah. what and what you are and it's okay whatever that is <laughs> really it is, you, you, but you, you got to continue to do the work and be aware. And I would never not do it at this stage. I mean, there's just constant room for growth, constant, constant. And 
it's just going to bring so much to your life. Right. Yeah. It will bring so much to your life. And, and I'm just waiting for everybody to get there because I'm so incredibly excited about life and the things I've been able to accomplish in this amount of time, just on knowing myself and being okay with that. I experienced the whole world different. When I walk out my door, I experience my driving experience is different. I see movies different. I see conversations. Everything is new and fresh and different because I am me. Yeah. And that's that's such an amazing story. And like letting everyone know, like you can you can get there, too. I mean, I think there's a price to pay for that, which is you have to do the work and the work is scary. The work can be overwhelming at times. It can, you can feel alone in the work. You can, you can be overwhelmed by the work, but you know, like you said, there will be loss too, Dwayne. And there will be loss. Yeah. There will be loss and you've got to accept that things will be different. I think that's a really, really great point to be able to say that you're right. There is also in these changes, loss and grief and moving through all of that is just, it's, it's freaking hard. Yeah. Yeah. And and like you said, it's lonely because your relationships with other people change because when you start taking care of yourself, that means you're not as available for other people to drain you and they get mad. That's not okay with people. Yeah. So those relationships begin to change too. And there's the loss in that. You got to grieve that because it never was really what you thought it was anyway, because you were trying to see that you were trying to, you were seeing something that wasn't actually what it was. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's hard. That's yeah. That's hard. It's that's hard, just hard but to it do. Doesn't last. It doesn't last. It, it, if yeah. you don't get on top of that, it, that you, you, you see, it just drags on. But if you just if you get on it head on, you will see you can move through it a lot quicker than you ever imagined. But you got to be willing to be okay to be broken down, and and make sure you're around the, the right people to be broken down with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's the other key too. what you said oh, is yeah. you, you, you surrounded yourself with yes. trustworthy people, people trustworthy. that could help you. And you really have to find those trustworthy people. And sometimes those are those trustworthy people start out as therapists, doctors, yes. counselors, yep. Yep. people in the peer recovery program that you are just beginning to know, like those, mm-hmm. some of those people, you know, those, that's where those relationships can start. And then Often a- after that, then you can find other people because you now you know what to look for. You know right. what you're missing. You're armed with the knowledge. And yeah. that's why I said, please find out and don't pigeonhole yourself, but find out. There's so many resources out there and you've, you, 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 you got to go get them because they're waiting for you. And it's the, and showing up on your A game. That's what the world needs. And so you can only do that when you know yourself. So find yeah. it. Find so find yourself. It. That's it. Go and find it. It's there. It's there. And then there's all the benefits of that. Woo! <laughs> I mean, the benefits of that, when you finally know yourself, you know what to give to yourself. And when I gave to myself what I wanted and what I needed, of course I was going to blossom, you know, 
You're going to blossom when you know what to do for yourself and, and managing yourself. I'll tell you something else that really has changed my life, knowing that as an HSP, knowing that I need downtime and knowing that that's not lazy. You know, when you're with a partner that doesn't understand that, you got to fight and claw for moments to yourself just to regroup just to get it together again. And I always thought that there was something wrong with me for needing that. But since I've been doing that, I am showing up on my A game almost 100% of the time because I'm giving myself what I need. Yeah. And I think that's also hard to understand too, is as you learn to practice that self-care, give yourself what you need, you have resilience and you can handle hard things because you have that resilience. And even though life still shows up, hard things happen, you have resilience around it and you have the ability to, to, to weather that storm because mm-hmm. you know, you, you have all your tools in place. Yes. I think that's, I, Halima, I think that's an amazing story. I think, I think you're really inspiring and I can feel your passion and your willingness to just, just share and want to help people and, and give them this message. Right. And, and stuff like that. So we're getting close to our time here. So I always like to ask one question at the end of the episode and as we're ending recording, and that's, you know, if someone is out there and maybe they're relating to your story in some way, maybe they're a highly sensitive person and you could tell them one thing, what would that be? Reframe your experiences. When you're in a situation and someone says, oh, you're so sensitive, you thank them. You say, because I'm the one that's sensing what's around us. I am a leader of such. You know what I mean? I'm a leader because I can feel that. And so don't let anyone tell you that you're to this or you're to that. Because if they are telling you that, I would encourage you to gently move away from those types of people because you're absolutely amazing. This trait is amazing. We are the leaders. That's awesome, Halima. And, you know, like you said earlier, find those people that understand you, accept you, can hold you and, you know, you can hold them in return as well. And you can build a life that's that's amazing and full of joy and, and happiness. It doesn't mean there's not challenges in life. Life mm-hmm. still shows mm-hmm. up. But yeah. But yeah. So. All right. So how if people want to reach out to you? How can they find you and how can they get in contact with you? Oh, you can find me on LinkedIn, Halima R. Anderson, and Instagram. Halima Anderson. Yeah, just, and you'll find me. (laughs) Great. I will put, as usual, I'll put all the links in the show notes so people can just go to theaddictedmind.com, find your episode and and Mm -hmm. connect with you if they want to. Halima, thank you so much for coming on and just sharing your story and and giving back from all of your suffering and pain you went through giving it back to other people thanks for having me it was a pleasure it's easy to blame ourselves for our struggles with alcohol 
We see people around us being able to control their drinking without any consequences, yet no matter what we try, we can't seem to figure it out for ourselves. My name is Jillian Teets, and I am the host of the Sober Powered Podcast, where I use my biochemistry background to explain the latest research in addiction and help you understand both why you drink the way you do and how to develop the skills and mindset you need to find freedom from alcohol. I discuss topics like why we think about our drinking 24-7, why we have no off switch, and why we crave alcohol. If you're struggling with your drinking or you know someone who is, then I hope that you will check out the Sober Powered Podcast. New episodes every Friday. See you there. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Addicted Mind Podcast. As usual, all the show notes will be at theaddictedmind.com. So check them out there. And if you've enjoyed this episode, I encourage you to share it with a friend. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Addicted Mind Podcast. All right, everyone, have a wonderful day. And I will talk to you on the next episode.